Hello there. Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. Located in Petaluma, California, featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObiWan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. A fun, authentic fan experience. Featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind-the- seen stories and information and so much more plus your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum it's the rancho obi-wan virtual museum subscribe now at ranchoobiwan.org get tons of cool perks information and history of star wars collecting from the man who knows it best steve sansui while contributing to the preservation of the world's largest star wars memorabilia collection ranchoobiwan.org <laughs> This is Steve Sansweet, and that's the Scuttlebutt. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. This is Matt Vader74 from the Salty Nerd Podcast, and you're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast, your home for everything we love about Star Wars. is now the ultimate power in the universe. And welcome to another edition of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. We uh, are, uh, Brad and I are really excited for this one because uh, it's a very special show. And obviously, I want to give a little recap. We've been doing these Tatooine hot takes and uh, they have been really, really fantastic. And I really uh, love to, to have all this audience interaction uh, we ha- had a lot of people just kind of submit ideas and topics, and uh, I-, I think it's been a really, really great little social experiment uh, on our part. What do you think, Brad? Uh, it's been way more fun than we thought it was going to be. I mean, we, we knew it was going to be interesting, uh, but as the topics kept coming in, uh, they got more and more interesting, and uh, people seem to love them as well. They're, they're random, but that's the kind of random geek talk that we like to have here on the Scuttlebutt. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's gone really well and people are looking forward to them now. So I'm really excited about that. Absolutely. One of the things, or one of the reasons we really got into doing this podcast, uh, back in April of, uh, what is it? 2019, uh, during star Wars celebration, Chicago, we, uh, really wanted to, you know, kind of interact with people, uh, interact with, uh, people that had the kind of the same mindset, uh, you know, just geeks and nerds and things like that. I mean, we've had, uh, comments of all sorts of, of uh, topics and things like that. You know, even from uh, one of our patrons requested that we make that George Lucas meme that we made, uh, made it into a T-shirt. So we did that. I sent him uh, one of those T-shirts. Uh, really great stuff. I love the fact that we got all these funky little hashtags that we use, uh, all sorts of fun stuff. So this really has been uh, such a great, uh, a great experience. Uh, obviously, you know, earlier today, I, I kind of tweeted that I, I love the fact that we made kind of friends online. And obviously, the, the biggest friend I made online was meeting you, Brad, uh, way back in the day. Um, you know, we always joke around that uh, mom would always tell me not to meet strange men on the internet. But uh, here we are. And, uh, you know, I'm going to tell mom that she was absolutely wrong. 
I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you followed the force on that one. I'm glad you followed your instincts on that one, and you gave me a chance. And uh, to, this episode is even more exciting because we found another nerd out there that's willing Absolutely. willing to talk to us even. And, you know, we, we found other nerds, but they're not really willing to talk to us too often. But we found one that's willing to do so. Absolutely. And uh, we want to give a big uh, scuttlebutt uh, welcome to uh, one of our new friends, Chantel. Chantel, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Excellent. So uh, where are you calling us from or where are you uh, joining us from? What part of the country? I am based out of Miami, Florida. Nice. Mm -hmm. So very sunny in comparison to the rest of the country right now. Yeah, it's it's even sunnier there than on Scarif for sure. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Uh, that so is I, wonderful. I got two questions right off the bat. Uh, how's the Star Wars community down there, and how the hell did you find the Scarif scuttlebutt? So honestly, I can't really speak to what the Star Wars community is like down here in Miami, outside of my own circle of friends. So I don't know if that means that there isn't one or I just have never bothered to go look for one. Um, As for how I ended up finding you guys, the power of Twitter, someone retweeted and retweeted and retweeted something from your, from the show. And I was finally decided, you know what, let me give this a go because to be quite honest, I actually don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm very selective about it. So this is actually the one and only Star Wars podcast that I've listened to. And I really, really enjoyed it. I like how passionate you guys are. I um, definitely enjoyed how in-depth you guys get, which is really like my favorite part. You guys really go deep. I mean, stuff that not even I've ever, you know, because I don't go so much outside of the movies. And of course, now with the Mandalorian show, but um, no, this is great. I love it. I'm actually learning a lot myself, so it actually makes me just want to delve deeper into the Star Wars world. That is fantastic, and we are honored that you found us, Uh, and I know we are part of a larger network that's got over 20-plus podcasts, and not all of them Star Wars, of course, so I'm hoping that you can kind of enjoy other geek stuff uh, as, as we do. But uh, it, we really appreciate uh, the fact that you are going back and kind of listening to some of the other shows. And going deep is uh, something that is, is a lot of fun for us. It, you know, it's not just, you know, just news and reaction, but we love just digging deep into the themes that Star Wars has, uh, has given us, uh, you know, for, for decades. And I know I've got friends and people it's like, don't you get tired of talking about Star Wars? But no, honestly, we don't because there is so much there. The, the tapestry and storytelling that George Lucas introduced us to is, is much more than just stories and fables. I mean, these are kind of like life lessons and we, you know, we, we, we do take it maybe a little too seriously and we like to have fun sometimes, but it's, I think, you know, we're living in a time where we definitely need, you know, new fables and, and, and fairy tales and something that kind of uplifts the spirit.
And uh, Ro and I joked, uh, on, I think it was our last episode, that you have now officially listened to more Scare of Scuttlebutt episodes than I have, uh, because uh, I, I'm glad Ro does all the editing. I can't go back and listen to myself, so I'm <laughs> I'm glad I got him for that, and uh, he does a great job of that. But uh, yeah, like Ro said, appreciate you going back and listening, and you know, it's amazing just by talking about these things, you know, we bring up things we never thought of before, you know, about uh, the characters, the force, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's fun, and we're glad to have you on. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, and it's great to get different perspectives. I think everyone probably, you know, watches these movies and, yeah, just has a completely different perspective on things. I was actually listening to episode nine today of the podcast, and it was one of the Star Wars inspires, and a lot of people were talking about, you know, the basic, it's a story of good versus evil, absolutely, it's a story about hope. Absolutely. For me, it's a story about family. It's a story about relationships. There's so many different types of relationships going on. There's different characters trying to find their place, trying to find their, their home. And, and I like, I like that because I feel like everyone does that. I know I certainly have my whole life. I've always tried to find my home. And to me, Star Wars is home, so it's always great when you find other people who love it just as much as you do. And we are. We're passionate. We're a passionate group. We are. Absolutely. You said it. And, uh, you know, those uh, that two-parter, the Star Wars Inspire series, uh, really uh, two of my favorite Scuttlebutt podcast episodes. Um, had a, a really great time putting those together and, uh, you know, gathering all the material from the folks that uh, we asked about it. And uh, it's just, you know, just a wonderful wonderful thing so let's get into a little uh history on Chantel. how uh how did the uh star wars bug um bite you oh my okay so well let's put things in a timeline i guess um i'm currently 34 and i probably started watching the original trilogy i don't know maybe when i was somewhere between the ages of six and eight you know i mean we didn't have the cell phones yet and all this technology so tv was still very much the babysitter and you know just going over to my grandparents house for some sort of family barbecue and it would be on usa or tnt or wherever it was being played at the time because I vaguely remember that it was actually the original edit of the movie before, you know, George Lucas went back and retouched everything. So I have very vague memories of seeing it in its original form. And something that I actually mentioned on the Twitter page recently is I also used to watch the Ewok adventure and the battle of Endor. I mean, I watched a lot of Disney. I don't, I think that's where they would play it. And, you know, even though I was so young and I didn't obviously know what was really going on you have a basic concept as a child who's the good guy who's the bad guy good versus evil and i just loved these characters and i was raised on disney so creativity imagination to see this world that's been built and all of these characters and creatures and different planets it just spoke to me i, I don't know what it is it just spoke to me and it just it just went on from there. It just went on from there because believe me, it goes so outside of Star Wars. You are definitely speaking our language, 
Brad. I think we found a winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just let her talk. Uh, I'll just I'm just gonna drink my uh, Coke Zero here. Uh, Chantelle, you got it. Uh, I'm. I already did one other podcast tonight. I'm I'm good. Uh, we'll just let, let we'll just let. I mean, yeah, she's she's got it, and that's that's what it's all about. Um, you know how do how do you um. What's your favorite way to enjoy Star Wars? Do you do you like the movie experience, like going to the theaters? Uh, you know. Oh man, boy, am I glad you asked that question. Um, this pandemic is killing me with yeah, the movie yeah. theater experience. I have joked many times that I used to live in the movie theater. It's it saddens me, you know that you know I'm hoping that they survive, but. When I saw the theaters closed up down here, I mean, it was sad. I, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, please, if there is anything that I hope that can really like bounce back along with, you know, all the small businesses been affected. I was like, please don't take away the, the one thing that I love more than anything on this earth. And that's my movie theater. So um, I actually recently got to watch Empire Strikes Back in the theater because they did the re-release for, I forgot which anniversary it was. And I was just so jealous that I didn't get to live <laughs> through the original trilogy because <laughs> to watch it in the theater is really something to experience. I did watch all the others in the theater, but it's the originals that I wish I could have seen in the theater. Which, uh, which movie did you see the most in theaters? <sighs> um, the funny part is I think I've actually seen all of them only once in the theater and it was more of just watching it constantly on TV after that. Sure. So, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll allow it. We'll, we'll allow it. <laughs> Star Wars. It's the number one movie in America for the second week in a row. Star Wars raged. Join the celebration. That's where the fun begins. It's not even close on TV. You got to see it on the big screen. Star Wars, the special edition now playing. Then on February 21st, Star Wars Saga continues with old friends, switch off, and new heroes on new worlds. In the Empire Strikes Back Special Edition, Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back, both rated PG. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, Roe here. I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to our patrons, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support what we do. We're lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew at Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt, super fan of all pods on the Red 5 Network, Nicholas Schaefer, big thanks, Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, and Jay from Florida. If you want to be even more involved in the scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, we'd really appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. And until next time, remember, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Tell me a little bit about uh, what gave you the idea because we programmed this as part of our discussion tonight and it's a really, really great topic. After you you put that in the uh, in our direct message, I, I texted Brad and I said, why haven't we thought of this before? <laughs> I mean, tell me a little bit about your thought process there. Uh, well... <laughs> You guys, you got, you had asked me for a topic and, you know, I forgot what I had written to you initially, but I don't know why all of a sudden I started 
I started thinking about Family Guy. I love comedy. I love to laugh. It's my thing. It really is. And I just, all these like quotes started running through my mind and I started scrolling through the titles of the episodes that you have already uh, put out there. And I noticed, yeah, there's nothing on here about the comedy within the films itself, because I do find myself laughing through some of these uh, movies and and I was like, well, there's all these parodies out there. There's Spaceballs, Troops, like you guys um, had mentioned. Weird Al did a couple of parody songs about Star Wars. Family Guy completely redid the trilo- the original trilogy, which was amazing. And even throughout the show of Family Guy, you see little cut- cuts to, you know, different little jokes. And Lord knows there's plenty of memes regarding, you know, Obi-Wan having the high ground. So it it was just all these things just started flooding through my head. And then, of course, I started cracking myself up because I was just thinking about all these funny things. This is what we should talk about. Laugh it up, fuzzball. The lighter side, I guess, of Star Wars, because Star Wars can get pretty um, intense. Absolutely. And anyone that knows me uh knows that uh for whatever reason i i can't here we go here we go brad knows what i'm gonna say (laughs) i i can't mix my genres i can't do comedy and sci-fi because i i love sci-fi so much it's like a serious thing to me like you know for me you know i have work buddies and stuff like that 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 say that you know that guy thinks that star wars is documentary and not really a a, like an entertainment movie because (laughs) i i do it's it's like it, it happened a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. And, and in my brain, it's like, no, I can't. It's not a comedy. It's not. And that's one of the reasons I have uh, issues with The Last Jedi. But we'll get there. <laughs> Getting off topic for a second, like shows like The Orville, I tried twice and I just couldn't do it because there's there's that mix of, of the genres that I just can't deal with together. I can't mix my chocolate and my peanut butter. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it, it's. Are you it's serious about def- like, no. I was gonna say, who doesn't like Reese's? <laughs> what? No, this yeah, is blasphemy. Well, that yeah. that was metaphorically. I'll, I'll no. give you guys that. I'll give you guys that. That was very metaphorical. We'll, we'll assume that you were just making metaphors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 lo- I love Reese's. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. So, getting back to the comedy and the parodies, I mean, do you guys? Uh, Brad and I are old enough, I think, to 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 um, to remember. <laughs> all right fine to remember uh one of the i guess the the grandmother of all uh parodies which was released back in a year, just a year after the original star wars came out um which was hardware wars do you remember that one hardware wars a spectacle light years ahead of its time I had never heard of it until you had mentioned it. And then I immediately went straight to YouTube and watched it today. (laughs) And I thought it was hysterical. I loved it. I loved it. It was as low key and low tech as you can get. I mean, you saw the strings on the, on the (laughs) iron. I mean, everything it was again, award winning, you know, great, uh, great first uh, entry into the parody. Um, Brad, you remember seeing that? Back in the day? Well, no, I didn't watch it live like you did. When <laughs> no, it came of course out. you did, yeah. Secret mission? What plan? What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and, and you, you made a reference to something, and you're going to stump me here. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Connection. So I know there's a connection between Hardware Wars and 
the last Jedi uh, right. with the, with the iron yeah. uh, the iron scene the the ship iron uh, coming down and that's connection to the hardware wars. But I am not. And I'm probably gonna feel dumb after you say it, but I'm I'm not too familiar with the connection between hardware wars and the Return of the Jedi. And, you know, we picked Return of the Jedi because it's one of Brad's favorite uh, from the original trilogy. We had a, uh, a nice little, you know, tongue-in-cheek uh, battle between uh, us, you know, the Empire Strikes Back camp and Return of the Jedi. Uh, we did that on YouTube. That was a lot of fun. I don't know what tell, uh, Return of the Jedi won. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll let you, I'll let you keep thinking that. But, uh, so the director and the producer of Hardware Wars, his name is Ernie Fossilize. Foss, I, I can't, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name right. Fossilize or Fossiliu. I don't think he's French. Your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough. Gosh. Wow. We jeepers. Golly willikers. But Ernie F. Um, anyways, he is, uh, he's a sound designer and he's, uh, you know, obviously a director. But uh, when it came time to record some sound for Return of the Jedi, he did a couple of things. But one of his biggest uh, claim to fame is he's the sound of the crying guard uh, when the Rancor dies. So when you hear him, when you hear the Rancor Keeper uh, crying and yelping and stuff, that's that's the director and producer. I should have known that. How how do you even know that? (laughs) Look, I've said it many times. If you cut me, I bleed Star Wars. So there you go. (laughs) Well, I can't cut you. You're the editor and the producer. (laughs) So you're not going to get cut. All right. You're safe here, man. But, uh, yeah, sound designer Ben Burt asked him to come in and record the sobs of the Rancor Keeper in uh, Return of the Jedi. And he says that he based that sound on uh, Stan Laurel from Laurel and Hardy. So, uh, I know you... you... The, the, the fat dude couldn't just cry himself? Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a union thing, I guess. Well, I'm glad I know that now. I feel more complete. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So what are some of the other parodies that uh, you guys want to talk about? There was also uh, one that actually I thought of even before Hardware Wars. And I think it's probably the one that made the most, imp- uh, you know, the, the most impression on me when I first saw it. Well, I think I think troops made the internet. I think there there is yeah. no internet without troops. Uh, and uh, the humor, like again, um, well, you know, it was it was simple and yet uh, pretty well done at the same time uh, with, with the graphics uh, available to them and at that time. Um, and that was just hilarious um, for anybody that hasn't seen it out there. I'm, I'm not sure who you are and why you haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, of course, you can find it on uh, YouTube. Um, you know, just look, you know, type in Star Wars troops. Uh, it's got the theme to cops back in the day, which is hilarious. Troops is filmed on location with the men of the Imperial Forces. 
All suspects are guilty. Period. They get a domestic disturbance call uh, from this uh, farming couple who uh, they've they've had some history with, uh, some uh, Owen and Baru couple. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, they have some issues with some stolen hardware and some Jawas. And uh, it's just hilarious. And, um, you know, it adds, uh, I don't know if you want to call it head, I don't know if you want to put that as headcanon, but uh, you could. And it just makes the Star Wars uh, episode four a little, little bit funnier when you think. But it, it's just hilarious to, this was our one of the first times where you could get in the mind of uh, your average stormtrooper uh, to see what they thought of uh life in the outer rim and, and being an imperial and I, I still think it holds up to uh, today as being hilarious now we're familiar with this couple you know this is not the first time we've been out here so we're gonna see if we can straighten this whole thing out all right well what's the proper i've had it uh, i've had it with him uh, he keeps lying to luke and me and now luke's run off uh, and hasn't come back that's ridiculous hey I'll talk to you in a second. Right now, I'm talking okay, to your wife, okay. all right? One of the things that really impressed me was the special effects back then. And I think this, uh, the the film was directed by someone named Kevin Rubio, and it debuted at the San Diego Comic-Con uh, on uh, in 1997. But when I, I, I just remember seeing how well made it was. The special effects, I mean, the, the speeder bikes, uh, it was it was pretty, it was jaw-dropping for me, to be honest with you. Chantel, what uh, what were your thoughts on, on that parody? I was very impressed, and I actually had seen some trivia that I believe when George Lucas saw it himself, he was so impressed that I think he, he dubbed it like... <laughs> the long lost footage or something like that yeah. of, of star Wars, which I thought was great. And I just thought it was so well made. I really did like how they stuck with the cops theme and I, I've watched cops before. So I thought it was really funny. And my favorite part was basically the punchline when they got to the end and how you saw the burnt bodies, oh my God, <laughs> how they yeah. connected it to their yeah. death in a new hope. I was like, this is, this Sandwich. is great. I was laughing so hard. Well, as you can see, things got a bit nasty here. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it was almost expected with these people. Well, you know, I mean, the farmers out here are having a bad season. Tempers are high, and it's just bad for everyone. The important thing now is that we find their nephew, uh, Duke, and make sure he's okay. Hey, did, did she say they just bought some stolen droids or something? Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Damn shame. Let's not forget that this was a, a dark time for, for Star Wars yeah. uh, fans as far as content went. Uh, we had the, the re-releases, the special editions. A that, little bit and before that, that was 92, I think. Yeah, yeah. until it's around 95, uh, somewhere around there. And then um, uh, obviously we didn't get episode one until 99. Uh, so this was something that we desperately needed uh, at that time and you know, it was only, I don't know, was it was about 13 minutes long, somewhere around there. I don't quite remember oh, yeah. the runtime. Not too long, um, but it was hilarious and something uh, we desperately needed. Yes. Hi, we have a message for Jabba the... No, Mr. Jabba, no. Oh, well, can we leave it with someone? Because... No, no. Sorry. Sorry. Been building up for a while. Sorry. Want to talk some Family Guy? Let's talk some Family Guy, because 
I know I know uh, Chantel brought up Family Guy, and I will tell you, I'm going to say this right off the bat. Uh, you don't actually need to watch Episode 4 anymore. I'm talking about the real Episode 4, A New Hope. You can literally just watch. Uh, it's only an hour long, so it cuts uh, you know an hour and some change off the runtime. It has all the um, main points there, and it does it in a hilarious fashion. If I ever want to watch Episode 4, I watch Family Guy. Uh, for that uh, and uh, it's just it's amazing and of course the guys that make and we'll, we'll get back to robot chicken uh, later on but you know the guys you know Seth Green and all those guys they're just a bunch of nerds and geeks like we are and they just like that's all robot chicken is is uh, them playing with their uh, action figures and then filming it and making millions of dollars off of it um, but you know this, they make you know uh, family guy as well and, uh, you know, just the humor in that, um, I think the best scene and, uh, you know, Chantel will let you dig into this in, in a second is where they're talking about the design of the death star. And they're talking about, uh, you know, the, uh, the cost of this, uh, not aesthetically pleasing thermal exhaust port. And, uh, they're like, you know, you, you can't do something about it. And he's like, well, we can get it done right now if, if money's not a thing. And they're like, oh, let's get some estimates on that. And uh, had they just gotten that little thermal exhaust port thing fixed right then and there, oh, well, then the the saga is over at that point. But no, they had to stop and get estimates to see, you know, get the lowest possible bidder. I'll get you some figures. I'll get you yeah, some figures. Yeah, get some figures. <laughs> and in the meantime, well, these twerps show up. Uh, so, you know, it's just hilarious. But uh, Chantel, what are your thoughts on the Family Guy trilogy? I, I love it because I feel... <laughs> I feel like you almost you do have to be a Star Wars fan to actually do something like that, because aside from the comedy aspect of it, the animation is just so amazing to me. You, you can tell that he really does love Star Wars. And I think you can only appreciate the parody because by loving Star Wars. That's why I find it to be so hilarious, because it hits some really funny marks and for me, my favorite scene is actually when they're calling all the different <laughs> red leaders red and they're going through red box, red buttons, uh, simply red, yeah. standing by, big red. All wings, check in. Red three, standing by. Red six, standing by. Red five, standing by. Red button, standing by. Red box, standing by. Big red, standing by. Red October, standing by. Helen Reddy, standing by. Simply red, standing by. And that's that's always the that's always the scene that pops into my head first whenever I think about the Family Guy Star Wars because it's just so funny. I can't. It's just too much. Absolutely, it's one of those things where you know you you know the scene from the movie, but then they go into the parody of the Red Fox and the Red Buttons, and then. And then, you know, how far are they willing to go? And they went all the way, and I loved it. And that's one of the things that that one, what do they call it? The Blue Harvest? Yes. Blue Harvest. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's definitely one of those parodies that is, is timeless. Uh, and again, you know, with parodies, sometimes you really have to know the source material for it to be funny for you. But I, I don't think you have to in this case. I think it's universal, and that's one of the reasons it's uh, it's so timeless. And let's not forget the amazing dance routine, uh, you know, having the time of their lives between Obi-Wan and Luke. Uh, you know, I think that was a dirty dancing reference there. And, uh, of course, they couldn't have picked a, a better or creepier Obi-Wan Kenobi who had some strange, strange attachments to Luke. And 
his sexy space ass and 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 stuff like that um but yeah that's classic yeah, that, of course that felt that just to know that, that made me feel uncomfortable you know, well i mean you we won't even get into that but anyway <laughs> even even knowing that name blue harvest and what that means to star wars fans like chantel said yeah. that's that's showing that they're true geeks and of course we say that as the highest compliment right exactly and you know, uh, I, I'm sure there are Star Wars fans because we do take it so seriously. It, it kind of begged the question in my head, do you think there are any Star Wars fans that are actually possibly offended, actually, by some of these parodies? That was another question because I've seen these movies now for so long that as much as I enjoy them, there are times where I start to find myself doing my own little mystery science theater myself. And even I'm starting to crack my own jokes, little observations that I've made because no movie's perfect as much as I like to think Star Wars is perfect, but you do, you pick up on these things. So I, I, I appreciate all these jokes and parodies. I think it's great. I think though that's a that's a sign of love. It's like if you love something so much that you're able to kind of, you know, again, you uh, you live it, you breathe it, and um, you have this passion for it that you're able to you know pick up on those subtleties. Um, so I I think that's fine. As far as like some of these parodies offending uh, people, that that's an interesting concept. Um, I will say that I really didn't get into the robot chicken, maybe because um, maybe to me it offended me. I don't know. But I just it's one of those things that I really didn't get into for some reason. But uh, what do you guys think about robot chicken? Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to robot chicken. But uh, you kind of make me sad on this one, Ro. But uh, I think I. I think that's a great question, and I was before Ro started bashing on robot chicken. Uh, I was going to say I think there are definitely people out there offended by them, and I think Ro and I have found all of them on Twitter, uh, and <laughs> and and uh, because yeah, we take these things seriously, but there are silly elements to all the movies. The way George Lucas writes things, um, I've said you know now now you know I'll use robot chicken as an example. Uh, which is this is one of the more completely inappropriate scenes from the robot chicken. Uh, I've said many times my issues with episode two and how George wrote that and how awkward he is with with relationships between men and women. And uh, the the relationship between Anakin and Padme on Naboo was so, in my opinion, poorly written that it lacked believability. And then robot chicken takes that scene and I will just say that there's a pole involved and there's some uh, water involved coming down from the ceiling and some scantily clad people dancing. Um, well, I've pretty much described it. Um, but he's like just trying to be a Jedi the entire time and just completely losing it at the same time because Padme is like, I'm just a senator. Uh, meanwhile, doing all these things. And that's exactly what I thought when I when I watched this this scene, like, come on, George, you you, you can do better than that. Uh, you know, make us believe this romantic relationship. And uh, Robot Chicken does that. They take the most the silliest moments and they make the most outrageous and hilarious scenes about them. Uh, you know, what happened to Max Rebo uh, after uh, Jabba's palace and, you know, him cutting CDs and stuff like that. And, uh, what was the guy, uh, Ponto Baba, whatever his name was, you know, what was he really saying in the canteen in episode four? He just wanted to be friends with Luke, but because he couldn't understand him, it led to his arm being cut off and he was an artist. 
He doesn't like you. Sorry. I don't like you either. You better watch yourself. We're wanted men. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead. <laughs> Now he can't be an artist because he lost his arm thanks to Luke. I mean, they, they just take these very, uh, you know, the the space lugs ordering uh, 100,000 pounds of Kung Pao chicken or whatever they ordered. And they're like, are we going to pay in cash? It doesn't matter. We're going to eat the delivery guy anyway. Um, you know, it, it's just stuff like that. I mean, they're completely, you know, uh, Boba Fett's uh, strange uh, attraction to Han Solo. Um, and what he did while Han Solo was frozen in carbonite on Slave One. Uh, you know, it's just, they're just completely, completely inappropriate and completely hilarious. Um, again, same guys that make, you know, a lot of the same team for Family Guy and for Robot Chicken. And uh, they just have me in tears most of the time. Um, not appropriate for most audiences or really any audience, but ugh, hilarious nonetheless. Giggity, giggity. <laughs> giggity, giggity. But yeah, stuff like that. I mean, it's a, it almost begs to, to, to have writers that are actual Star Wars fans because they can kind of pick apart those scenes. And like you said, uh, you know, Attack of the Clones has that kind of very awkward thing. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're not a fan and you're not familiar with the intricacies of those scenes, then you can't pick them apart and uh, create parodies out of them. So uh, absolutely, I can tell that they're fans. You have a scene between uh, you have a scene with Mon Mothma and Admiral Akbar where they're at the restaurant eating together, and she orders the calamari. And uh, I won't say what uh, I can't say that this is a this is a family friendly show, so I won't say what a Admiral Akbar said. But I will tell you, it's it's hilarious. I gotta go back. I haven't watched that version in a long time. The Robot Chicken Star Wars. Go for Papa Palpatine. You have a collect call from Darth Vader. Ugh, I, I gotta take this. Hold on. Vader, how's my favorite Sith? Whoa, 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 whoa. Just slow down. Huh? What do you mean they blew up the Death Star? F oh, So let's talk about these uh, big screen parodies. I know we've got some animated things that uh, we've been talking about, troops and some of the early ones, but uh, what about Spaceballs? I know, you know, a while ago we had somebody tweet uh, regarding Spaceballs, and it's one of those parodies where you can, it's, it's very polarizing, whether you really love it or you really hate it. And I don't know what your experience, uh, what you guys' experience is with the uh, Spaceballs. I know it, it took a while to kind of get off the ground. George Lucas was very particular about uh, having Mel Brooks uh, kind of play in his Sandlot. I, I, I watched it the other day, and it, obviously it's a little, it's it's funny. It's it's for me, it's slightly dated. But uh, what do you guys think of Spaceballs, Chantel? I love Spaceballs, um, but. I'm also a little biased because I just, I love Mel Brooks in general. So, um, but I, again, I love it. I love it because I love Star Wars and I get the jokes and it's, it almost feels like, like an in joke, you know, and I'm like an inside joke and I, uh, down to pizza, the hut, like <laughs> I love John Candy legend. I mean, just too funny. Rick Moranis as helmet. I, 
just that oversized helmet. <laughs> to me, it's just, this is the Schwartzman. It's just, I love it. It's just so, I love it because I love Star Wars. I can just appreciate the time you took to go ahead and, and make fun of it. And it doesn't offend me. I just, I just love it. I think it's great. I think it's great. Before you die, there is something you should know about us, Lone Star. What? I am your father's, brother's, nephew's, cousin's former roommate. What's that make us? Absolutely nothing! Which is what you are about to become. Prepare to die. I, I think I could say 100% of Mel Brooks movies. Uh, you can't make that movie today. You can't make Spaceballs today. You can't release Spaceballs today. Uh, and if you've seen any of his other movies, you can't release those today because of how easily people get offended. Um, but they're, what people don't know about Mel Brooks is these are self-deprecating films. Uh, Mel Brooks, he doesn't, you know, he'll make fun of himself. He doesn't care. Um, and, and he does a lot. Uh, you know, you watch that show as a kid. And it's funny just because it's a Star Wars parody and that's all you see. Uh, you know, like you see Pizza the Hut, uh, Lord Helmet and, and, and everything. You know, it's just funny. Uh, and then when you're when you get older, that the, all those elements are still there. But then you get some of those jokes that you didn't get as a kid. And you're like, holy cow, I can't believe they said that. <laughs> uh, like, uh, you know, all, you know what you're talking about with merchandising and, and all that, like. If you're paying attention to it uh, really closely, you can also find it uh, find it highly offensive too. Um, so you know it came out at the right time for it. Um, I think it was around at what 87, 88 that movie came out. I think you know they they talked about making a, a prequel for years now and it's never happened. Uh, I don't I don't think you can replicate that. And like I said, you can't tell those same jokes uh, nowadays. So I think they should just let that classic be and just you know let it live. In history and and such a great cast too. I mean, you you mentioned uh, John Candy, uh, you know, comedy genius. Uh, obviously, you know Mel Brooks and all the movies that he's done. But uh, Joan Rivers, um, really, really, uh, really great cast. I'm looking for a great warrior. <laughs> great warrior. Wars <laughs> not make one great. <laughs> Speaking of warriors, uh, there was a warrior that was stranded or uh, self-exiled on a uh, an island uh, a couple of years ago, and he didn't want to deal with anything. He was very grumpy. But uh, we're talking about the Last Jedi, and what uh, what do you guys think of comedy? in Star Wars, and I know Star Wars had elements of comedy, um, when when the sequel trilogy came out, I think more or less The Last Jedi, people were talking about how, you know, Disney uh, was trying to marvelize Star Wars. There was a lot of humor that was, for me, it was over the top, um, but there were some elements of comedy in Star Wars from the beginning, obviously. But it kind of changed over the years, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on uh, what you thought of as far as how Star Wars comedy uh, progressed. And like I said, you know, the actors have been great. Um, there have always been funny moments. Obviously, the uh, 
the notion of, of these two droids bickering back and forth is very comedic, and that's uh, how Star Wars starts out, obviously. Um, but that comedy kind of has changed a little bit in, uh, from my perspective. What do you guys think of uh, comedy in Star Wars now versus then? Uh, when it comes to the original trilogy, I feel like it's definitely more witty banter you know what i mean it's 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 like more subtle yeah it is more subtle but if you catch it it hits the mark just perfectly like you said which is one you took the words right out of my mouth actually is you know i always found c3po and r2d2 to be very funny even though you didn't really know what r2 was saying just based off of c3po's reactions you would get a laugh um han solo for instance smart mouth. So he was always bickering or bantering with somebody, you know, so I, it, I did enjoy more of that kind of subtle humor. Um, then you move on to the prequels. I, you know, I think George Lucas was trying to go, I guess, a little bit more serious. I actually didn't find the prequels to be all that funny. And if anyone was probably funny in that entire series, it probably was Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, just because of a little bit of the banter, the brotherly banter that he would have with Anakin. And then forget it, Revenge of the Sith. I mean, I don't think there really was any time for comedy. And of the newer sequel of the newer trilogy, I think The Force Awakens honestly was the only one that I actually that the humor felt a little bit kind of like the original trilogy. And honestly, I wasn't impressed with the last two movies. So to ask me about the comedy in the last two movies, yeah, that's not going to happen because let's just not go there. Wow. I uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, but uh, yeah, Star Wars humor is best when they're not trying. When it's not forced, uh, as you talked about the banter that's in the original trilogy, just the um, the interactions, whether it's between Han and Leia or Han and Luke uh, or the droids, just when they're not trying uh, is when it's funniest. Um, and then George just tried absolutely too hard in uh, the prequels. Uh, I, I can tell you uh, the, the most cringe worthy scene uh, in all of Star Wars. I actually doesn't come from the last Jedi for me. It comes from attack of the clones and, and that's the, the arena scene. Die Jedi dogs. What did I say? The interaction between C3PO and R2D2, uh, when he says, Oh, this is such a drag. Terribly sorry about all this. Oh, and I'm, I'm so beside myself. Like, Oh my, <laughs> uh, like that's just horrible. Uh, and like, come on, George, like, just like, like there's, there's other writers there, you know, where, where were the other producers and the other, like George, like, no, no, nah, man, no, nah, like that's good, but no, nah, let's, let's not do that. Uh, and then, yeah, going to the sequel trilogy, I think personally, I think JJ definitely gets George's humor, um, or his intent on humor a lot better than Ryan Johnson did. I can't really 
Oh, don't don't give me. You know, we've talked about hugs, general hugs, and and, and the, your 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 mama joke there at the beginning. Um, but you know, the interactions between yeah, Brad, Brad, Brad. You know, I, I've just gone through years of therapy to forget the uh, general hugs, and now <laughs> it's you brought it back. I, well, yeah, I brought it back. Yes. <laughs> well, I have an urgent communique uh, for your mother, um, and. <laughs> And but you know the interactions between like Ray and Finn, uh, I thought were pretty freaking funny in in episode seven. Uh, whether it's natural. like yeah, it, it was very natural. I thought you know whether it's uh, you know stop holding my hand. I don't need you. You don't need to hold my hand for me to know how to run. Or whether he's asking if she has a, a cute boyfriend that can you know droid please. You know I, I like all those. Um, and then I think he tried it again in in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, of course, he had to put like three different movies into that movie to make it work. Um, but there was some of that. And, uh, you know, they tried, you know, with interactions between um, Poe and Ray uh, about the Falcon and uh, BB-8 and between Ray and Finn. So, uh, of course, you know, what did Poe do in his past life and, and all that kind of stuff? Um, so they tried. Um, but uh, I think uh, um, I think eight was fairly devoid of any, you know, noticeable comedy uh, that was worthwhile. I, I disagree that there's no place for humor in sci-fi, um, but it has, but it, but it has to be natural at the same time. Uh, uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, it's like weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, you know, one of the things that that I, I always say. We have to remember, too, that George Lucas, I think, was writing these the prequel trilogy for his kids. I remember, you know, obviously 1999 was uh, you probably won't get um, uh, you, you probably won't get more hype than you did in 1999 for the release of uh, Phantom Menace. You know, this was a brand new Star Wars after Return of the Jedi was done and over with. Nobody really realized they were getting any more Star Wars, at least in their lifetime. So here comes, you know, George Lucas saying, yeah, we're going to go at it again. And and the, the hype train was, you know, nonstop. It was rolling. I mean, Pepsi paid $2 billion to, to, to do all of their marketing between all their brands. Uh, so it, it was a major, it was a big deal. I went to Los Angeles to see the damn movie and I spent the night in front of Ch uh, Grauman's Chinese theater for two nights, uh, with other nerds. And it was the best experience of my life. It was really, really fun, but you know, getting into the movie, I mean, I didn't like it right away because there were a lot of things that were like, mm, like there was a fart joke in star Wars and I'm thinking, oh, okay, there's, there's a gas joke now in, in star Wars. What's that all about? Um, you know, I, obviously Jar Jar Binks was, uh, was a big, uh, a big deal for everybody, but, you know, listening to a lot of interviews, I mean, like I said, I think George was really, um, writing this for his kids, uh, and kids in general. I think we have to remember that when we saw the movie, I guess for us older people, when we saw the movie in the theaters at first, we were kids too. And maybe we didn't, uh, we didn't think of it as heavy as we do now, um, but uh, another thing, another aspect too, that I like to kind of bring up is the actors. Um, Harrison Ford is a powerhouse and a lot of times the lines that he delivers, 
either, you know, obviously they don't come straight from George, and I, Harrison has this way of kind of making lines his own. Obviously, I love you, I know, that's a really great example. But I think there are times when the actors... Um, you know, are not given enough credit for these movies. And especially, you know, we hear Carrie Fisher all the time talking about how the, you know, she says that you can write this shit, but you can't say it. So it's, it's, you know, kudos to the actors to kind of bring that gravitas to this, this form of entertainment, these, these sci-fi movies where everybody's, you know, running around pretending, you know, to be on fire or whatever. So it's, um, I, I think that's a big part of it. We have to remember that each trilogy is, I guess, searching for its own audience. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what the Yo Mama joke was all about either. So I don't know where, where that came from, but it's, uh, you know, there's many factors in there within the, the trilogies. And I think uh, it's, it's it, it it would i think it would be a detriment to kind of clump them all together and say you know this trilogy is not good because of this humor and this one is because of that i think it's a different type of humor um because it's a different audience and i think we have to kind of remember that although you know obviously the original trilogy for me and the use of that humor like you said Brad it's not you know it's not over the top it's it's accidental not accidental, but it's 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 more natural, and I think you know I kind of gravitate towards that more. Yeah, and uh, say what you will, I've really become a, a Phantom Menace uh, defender uh, in my uh, later years um, because I mean, there's you talk about different elements of it, and yes, it does have its cringe elements. But when you talk about some of the characters it introduced, the music that it introduced, um, I think between one and three, I think they both have the maybe the best soundtracks of all the movies. Um, but, you know, I don't believe in gateway drugs, but as far as science fiction, as far as Star Wars goes, uh, the Phantom Menace is that gateway drug. My my sons, you know, who were very young uh, when I first let them see the Phantom Menace, when Jar Jar steps in poo, oh! my sons laughed their ass off at that, right? I, I Yeah, you and I can see that as cheesy and corny, but... They they laugh their asses off at that, and if, if something like that can get them hooked and make them want to watch more Star Wars, then absolutely. So yeah, it's for it's for a different audience, um, and you can see how the prequel trilogy, you know, it, it really grows up before your eyes between one, two, and three. Um, and, and, and George is on record for saying that he knew as, as Chantal was saying there was there was no room for humor in Episode three, and George knew that. Uh, so he deliberately made one and two or, or tried to make one and two more funny because he knew it was not going to happen in three. Um, so, you know, we kind of grow up with these movies and, and you can see them age as, as they go along. Um, but, you know, that kind of humor, um, obviously Star Wars, you know, there's some very adult subjects, but uh, it never forget that it, it was originally for kids and Kids love that humor. So I'm glad uh, he did what he did in episode one. It's nice. I never thought of it that way, actually. I was 13 when Phantom Menace came out. So uh, I don't, I mean, I loved it. So I, my, my reaction was always that I loved it. I was so excited for it. And, and I, I enjoyed the humor in Phantom Menace. I did, you know, and again, I was looking at it through the eyes of a 13 year old. I've watched the movie now. And yes, now, obviously now it's, it's like, okay, all right, this is a little kiddie, but 
you know, at the same point, I, I still love it no matter what, because it's, it's Star Wars. And, and not only that, but in terms of Phantom Menace, you're centering this around a very, very young Anakin. So you have this Jake Lloyd, this nine-year-old boy in this movie. So yeah, I can totally understand why it's a little bit more juvenile because of the audience you are trying to cater to. So it makes sense. It definitely yep. makes sense. Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. All right. It's got those two things and therefore it's always going to be an awesome Star Wars movie. And that's one of the things too, that we talk about all the time. Uh, and, and you'll see uh, Chantel, as you kind of come up through the episodes, you know, we, we talk about kids entertainment or entertainment for young people and uh, especially the animated shows. I mean, Brad, you just did a show with uh, Ashley and Brandy about the clone wars and, you know, these are these are shows that premiered on the Cartoon Network that have some really, really heavy topics. I mean, you know, even in the prequel uh, era, you've got uh, characters like Dooku and, and uh, the story about the Sith and Palpatine and the Jedi Council. But when you kind of start to pick it apart, and this is where we get into the whole deep dive thing, you know, what does all that mean? I mean, you've got characters interacting with each other uh, through through the powers that are greater than life, you know, like the Jedi and the Sith, but you've got politics kind of working in the background and again, you know, just coming from this property that is supposed to entertain, you know, young people, it's, uh, I think it's one of the reasons that we continue to talk about these themes over and over again uh, on this podcast and for the last 40 plus years. So it's, it's, to me, that's one of the things that fascinates me about Star Wars. It just never ends. And I'm glad you brought up, uh, yeah, really great discussion uh, with Ashley and Brandy on uh, a Star Wars journey um, about season two of the Clone Wars, and uh, they should be releasing that in just a few days. Um, but I'm glad you brought up the animated stuff. The you know between Rebels and Clone Wars, those shows have some pretty hilarious moments, and the writers of those shows are top notch. Uh, you know I. Yeah, I, I had the homework assignment of going back and rewatching uh, episodes one through fourteen of the Clone Wars for that show. Oh God, um, and uh, you know it's just hilarious. Like especially with the droids, you know we we only see the droids talk so much. Uh, I mean the uh, battle droids, we only see them talk so much in the movies. But the interactions they have with each other and with uh, Grievous, they're hilarious and uh, they're snarky. Oh yeah, yeah. and uh, you know some of them just uh, when they. <laughs> When they uh, get surrounded by Jedi, they just literally give up on life. Uh, one's like, uh, yeah, it's it's no use. Don't even worry. And then you, next thing you hear is slashes and uh, and they're all and they're all dead. Roger, Roger. You know, that was Filoni working with George and, uh, you know, working with the writers. And they, they did such a good job. So, yeah, we can't forget the humor in those cartoons as well. Uh, Top notch stuff. Would you consider the droids to be the comic relief of Star Wars? I've always felt that way. I think for the most part, they are. I love when 3PO kind of talks under his breath um, and he walks away like in Empire Strikes Back when he's just, you know, kind of chattering and after Han Solo kind of uh, covers his mouth and lets him go and ignores him. I mean, they, they're they like the Rodney Dangerfield of space. They get no respect. 
That's true. <laughs> I just see them as the the comedians because they're they're the ones observing everything. They I feel I've always felt like the droids are us. They're this audience that are they're just they're here through all of it. They're watching everything that's going on. Don't get technical with me. What mission? What are you talking about? I've just about had enough of you. Go that way. You'll be malfunctioning within a day, you nearsighted scrap pile. And don't let me catch you following me, begging for help, because you won't get it. Did you know that wasn't me? These droids, they're all so funny. It's, It's really hilarious. And they're the ones that are always doing the commentary of what's going on around them, even if it is on a funny level, I love that kind of commentary. It's just, it's sharp, it's great, it's witty, they're sassy, they're sarcastic. I, I love it, I really do. I'm glad you brought up uh, R2-D2 earlier. Uh, literally says no words, he's a bunch of uh, beeps and boops, um, but just, and I don't know how you pull this off, but just hilarious, like obviously Return of the Jedi being the best Star Wars movie out there, uh, when 3PO and R2 are going to Jabba's palace and the way that Ben Burt was able to modify his beeps and other noises, uh, you can literally understand what this guy is saying. Like basically, yeah, there's a tone like, uh, you know, are you kidding me right now? Uh, like what the hell? Like you can like, you can put your own words in there. You know, he's like, you know, you can hear him say, are you kidding me? Like, what the hell? And all this other stuff. And he's hilarious. And he's... There's a tone. Right, yeah. My subtitles are a little more colorful than that. <laughs> well, again, again, Chantel, I don't know, you know, what you, I don't even listen to many podcasts. This is a family-friendly affair here that we have on, on the uh, scuttlebutt. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, wait till a Red 5 get-together and then uh, when we drink more then they were more colorful you know it's funny Chantel, that you should mention how the droids seem to be the ones that carry you through the story and obviously george lucas did that on purpose mission accomplished you've got the uh, uh you know his love for the kurosawa film the uh, hidden fortress and that's basically kind of how he um structured the droids to be able to kind of tell the story for us to watch so um i'm really glad that you picked that up and again it's something that uh, a lot of people don't know um but it's uh something that is definitely kind of like working on your subconscious um because they are droids they kind of are separated from the story but they're kind of giving us a a play a one-on-one uh as far as what you know what it is that we're seeing in this in this adventure that's so crazy that uh, droids can relate to this so that's really awesome that you picked that up. And it's great that they have such emotion, too. I've always enjoyed that part about Star Wars is that the droids are so human-like, and it always cracked me up even as a kid that, you know, I'm watching this quote-unquote robot because I'm a child watching this, and I'm like, he actually feels fear. Like, I'm hearing C-3PO freaking out like he's a human that is literally scared to die. And it's just so funny because you're made of parts and wires and, and it's just so funny to me. It's, it's hilarious. I, I don't know. It's just to me, it's kind of, it's smart comedy. Hey, Star Wars fans and friends of the podcast. Don't forget to leave the guys a voicemail for a chance to be included in the discussion. Let them know what's on your mind. 
call 773-234-8659. And that's the scuttlebutt. Well, Chantel, thank you for this uh, topic. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I can't believe that. Uh, I mean, we've obviously made references to the to the humor in Star Wars, but uh, the fact that we didn't uh, when, when when he said that you suggested it, I'm like, I, I couldn't believe that we hadn't done that. Like, we try to think of all the all the good ideas, and uh, you know, and it's like uh, we we th- we think we thought of some good ones, but like that's like right there in front of us, uh, and we we never went there. Uh, so thank you for uh, suggesting this topic, and and thanks for your insight on it as well. Sure, no problem. No, and thank you again for for having me on. I mean, this is really really a treat. I I love talking about Star Wars, so this has been a lot of fun for me. And we can definitely tell that you've got Star Wars pumping through your your uh, your veins, just like the rest of us. Uh, you honor us with your presence and uh, discussion and friendship online, and we really appreciate it. And and Ro, do do we have time for one more question? Yeah, Chantel, do you have time for one more question? I think uh, sure. we need to, we need to ask okay. you something. I think. Okay. Hold on a second. Sort of on the topic of of comedy, but have you ever uh, considered? hosting a Star Wars podcast. I had considered hosting a podcast, which is why I had the microphone to begin with. It's just a full disclosure, as I'm sure with most people, I hate the sound of my own voice. (laughs) So when I tried to give it a go and made the mistake of playing it back and hearing myself, I said, (laughs) nope, I'm done. But- um, Well, what if I was to give you a good editor so you never have to listen to yourself and you put that microphone to good use and you join us here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt as a host. I would definitely love that. And for sure, the the podcast that it, it was different things, but really what it boiled down to what I finally had decided what I had wanted to do was kind of all encompassing because I have various passions. I'm a big Tim Burton fan. I'm a huge Disney fan. I love all the Marvel movies. I Batman, Batman's my superhero. Uh, Harley Quinn. I mean, I love all of this stuff. So I would love to talk about all of this and not just Star Wars. Like that's, this is just my thing. This is like, you should see my apartment. (laughs) Funny you should mention that. We're going through uh, a little bit of a rebranding. You know, Brad and I uh, are geeks, obviously. We wear that uh, badge of honor uh, fairly visible on our arms here. But uh, we uh, are really, uh, you know, we really want to be able to talk about other geek stuff, not just Star Wars. You know, obviously Marvel and DC and uh, all the other movies that are coming out, all the really cool things. Because of that, we'd love to have someone like you uh, be part of the team. And uh, I guess what we're asking is, would you join us in, in that venture? Sign me up. Absolutely. All right. Hey-o. Punch it. <laughs> Chantel, I want to thank you very much on behalf of Team Scarif, and um, we are very excited for the future, and uh, we just want to thank you for coming on this show with us and talking about Star Wars and comedy, and uh, again, looking forward to the future with you. 
I'm the host of this here new show, and that's the Scuttlebutt. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs> 